doing good. Hello, doctor. Hello, Andrew. How are things? I'm good. How are things? Oh, just, just super duper crushing it every day. Like I wake up and I crush it every day. All right. So. Ray. No, it's not what I was going to (laughs) say. Okay. So we, this is something we touched on previously, but we are coming very quickly to the crossroads with one of our kids where we are going to start losing their attention and time. So, and I mean things like Maya's getting old enough that she's starting to look out for jobs. She's, you know, you bug her constantly about dating. Um, but those are going to start happening soon. So as a parent, what is the best way to handle this transition to the next stage of where your kid's at when they're ready to make that transition? Because obviously it's... There's no one size fits all of when's a good age for your child to start dating. Well, that's going to be different for every kid to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. Um, But the question is more as a parent, what can we do and how can we best handle it when our kid starts making those transitions into more independent and um, distant pastimes from us? So it's not supporting their transition it's us managing our own emotional well-being could be both yeah i think both are just as important because uh, for example um purely hypothetical if you were to come back from a trip where you're on a plane with probably 30 rugby players of similar age to your daughter <laughs> uh, it's totally hypothetical this didn't happen recently do you think or yesterday it makes sense to actively point out the boys, the ages, the ones you think she may think are cute and offer to help introduce her to said boys. She did not like it when I offered to do that. Oh, that's weird. I wonder why. But do you think (laughs) that was the right decision? Do you think it was the wrong decision? Or do you think it was the funniest decision there by making it the right decision? <laughs> it is kind of funny, but she was very upset with me, even though I was just joking around. But did you notice how much she was brushing her hair and putting on deodorant? And then yeah, I'm like, she whole... was gross and stunk because she didn't travel for a month. And then I'm like, Ooh, that gaggle of boys totally just watched you carry your luggage by. And she's like, Oh, and she stood up straighter and she's interested. She just doesn't so, want me to embarrass her. Here's one thing I noticed on the most recent trip. And even Willow was getting mad at me. Mom, just leave her alone. Stop being so embarrassing. Yeah. Well, you're an embarrassment. Just trying to help her out. How'd that work? I fear that she, it's going to go back to things, you know, in our last week's episode, we talked about not putting the stake in the ground. Right. And, and I think we, we let things slip us by even things that are important. And I do believe that she liked the boy and I, and I know that she did when she was younger and didn't do anything. And then she switched schools and never stayed in contact I don't know how, what she feels about like about that. And same thing, you know, I think that there was a boy that she liked 
and would have loved to have hung out with him this summer, but didn't take the opportunity. We just watched a movie um, not too long ago. Dunkirk? No, uh, we bought a zoo. Oh, with the handsome Matt Damon. He's not handsome. Sorry, Matt, if you listen he's, to this. <laughs> he's classically handsome. Not. But anyways, anywho, he says. So you're more of a Ben Affleck guy? You know, there was always that debate. And I don't think he's handsome either. However, they're a pair. between the two, I would have to pick Ben over Matt. Yes. Well, Ben's a married man again. So back off. Okay. He and J-Lo just got married in Vegas over the weekend. Seriously? Yeah. They're Were, didn't they date a long time ago? Yeah. Yeah. J- that's where the term J-Lo came from. Jennifer. No. Ben- Benifer. Yeah. Not J-Lo. She's Jennifer is a J-Lo. real name of people. Benifer is not. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Anyhow. Yeah. So... So you um, think you think it's important to push the issue gently and lovingly so as not to miss an opportunity? What I'm trying to say is in the movie, he talks about 20 seconds of bravery. Right. And so that's something I always push. 20 seconds of bravery, bravery. It's gonna be awkward, it's gonna be uncomfortable, it's gonna you're gonna go out on a limb, maybe make an ass of yourself, but it's that 20 seconds of bravery that could make all the difference in your life. It's not the quote specifically word for word. He probably says I it got way chills. Better. <laughs> I got chills when you said it. So I think you're in the ballpark. But in the movie, he saw the woman that he wanted to marry walking by and he was scared, but he went in and went and talked to her and she became his wife. Right. And it's just 20 seconds of, of that bravery. And so I talk about everything. And, and that was a good example of that piece where, you know, we hold back and maybe miss out on a big opportunity. So I know this is going away from the question, but to support her, to be that independent adult, you know, I am showing, you know, she's developed the mantra. I miss a hundred percent of the shots that I don't take. That was specifically for ringette, but she's starting to learn that in life too. Yeah. Michael Scott said that. And the, isn't it Gretzky? Are you being facetious? In the office, Michael Scott writes that someone wrote that quote on a whiteboard with Michael with Wayne Gretzky as the attributed yeah. author, and Michael Scott put his name underneath it in quotation marks as if he had said it. Oh, okay. I don't though, watch The Office. I don't know that character, yeah. but that's kind of funny. So, any yes. So, and then the twenty seconds of bravery. I think she really took that to heart, and now. And she's switching schools again this year. So who mm-hmm. knows if she she has no way to contact this boy. So for me, it's just making sure that she learns that sometimes in life, it has to be awkward and uncomfortable, not just in relationships, but applying for a job, speaking up for yourself, just taking learning, that, learning taking yeah. that leap. We've talked lots about this. This is the thing that I do in my work too. So, you know, as parents... That's our job. And and on our trip, we did make them figure out how to get somewhere using European trains or h- how to figure out, you got to figure out where do we check in for our flight? Where, what security do we have to go to? What gate number do we have to go to? I mean, there's little things like that, but then there's bigger, they had to figure out their money exchange, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think we could do more of that. Um, and even just money management, you want a car, cool. 
like, we'll give you a couple hundred bucks, but the rest is on you, right? You want to do school, that's fine. But this is the budget that we've got. It's a little bit, but you got to figure out the rest. So, you know, it's just creating those opportunities where they have to learn to be independent. So on the one hand, that support, since we're there, Mm -hmm. that's what I see our role as. Yeah, the emotional side we can get to in a second, but I don't know if you had anything to add. Just on no, the one th- the only thing I was thinking of when you were talking about that was there was a book or a show or something. This already is going to turn out awesome. I don't even know the source material, but in regards to taking that chance from a romantic in- aspects, there is um, I don't know why I think it was Game of Thrones. Like I think it was Song of Ice Fire, but I'm- anyways, someone asked this guy. You know, aren't you embarrassed when you go out and you you put yourself out there and tell someone that you love them and then you're rejected? And his response is obviously not what I'm about to say. It's the gist of it, which is essentially why I went out and proclaimed what I thought in my my heart and made it real. And in the end, I found out that that person didn't love me and I was no worse off, but they lost a person that loved them by rejecting me. Right. So they saw it as an opportunity to either potentially create a connection or learn very quickly, whether it was worth their time or not. And at the end of the day, the person that was most at a loss in that situation, wasn't the person that put themselves out there. It was the person that rejected that affection. And I was thought that was an interesting way of putting it, right? Because it, it does come down to, yeah, you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. But if if the intent is simply to just be honest and express yourself, then yeah, that, that awkwardness goes away. Mm-hmm. But that regret never does. Yeah. Never, ever does. Yeah. No, so that makes sense. So back to the original kind of, and I, the, this is all on the same track, but as we see these opportunities or as it appears that this stage is likely about to, st- to, to start at some point, besides trying to create these opportunities or encourage her or give her these lessons to take those risks, what do you as a parent think you need to do when they happen? Like, are you cool that she's going to disappear for hours and hang out with her boyfriend instead of hanging out at home? Absolutely. Are you cool if that means she's not going to come to the cabin and spend time with us as a family? Yeah. But I think she's a kid who will and want, will want to bring her boyfriend, will want to bring her friends. Yeah, if he's not a douche. Yeah. What are your thoughts on me never warming to this individual and constantly acting as if they're under threat? Then you will be under threat. From who? <laughs> so I got. If I try and tell El Polo Loco here, whatever his name is going to be, or I imply that his life may be shortened dramatically by actions and decisions he makes, you're not okay with that. Yes. I'm not okay with that. When would you be okay with that? If he's a total douche. I've got a good radar for that. (laughs) Do you? Yes. Okay. I have surrounded myself with some of the douchiest people you can find <laughs> my entire life. They are my friends. But if it, but are you going to be biased against any boy who dates our girls, especially our five foot nine redhead 
model daughter. No, I mean, all jokes aside, no, if I get a, if I get a, like a legit feeling, yeah, I'm going to bring it up, but I'll probably bring it up to you. Um, but it's pretty quick to know when someone's a good person or a bad person yeah, or when someone's fake. And even then, I don't think we could confront her on that because she would never listen. She would never take that's it up. Exactly right. That's why he needs to understand <laughs> that that threat of extermination exists. Do you see, we are on the same page. We just got to send the message in a way that she would take it up. I think, and well, this we've I've talked about this before. Right? You've heard me say it for years and years and years, and I've said it on the podcast. My job isn't to be that person that does that. It's not my job. My job is to try and set them up so they themselves can pick up on it and make the decision that's best for them. Mm-hmm. Because I never want them to be. I never want them to settle for someone, either in a romantic or just a platonic relationship that treats them like shit, and they feel that they have to take it mm-hmm. that's when i would that's the that's the legit only time that i would be upset is if i if i heard or saw things that made me feel hang on are you you know making concessions that you feel are warranted because of this other person's inability to behave properly well then we'll address it but legit if she brought someone home i'm not gonna like pull out my father's guns and clean them in front of them or anything like that. Like I can joke threaten around. it, but again, it's the implication. And I don't know if she would. I mean, I, up until recently, I always thought she does prefer being home and she prefers to bring friends. I always thought here, but now I know that that's not true. Yeah. Our house is an embarrassment. We're an embarrassment. So I don't know if that would ever happen, but you know, that's the other thing I, I would want to create a place where there's always snacks, where there's always, they're always welcome that the friends and boyfriends feel comfortable and want to come here. Right. Yeah. Because I would definitely rather them be here because then we know she's safe and whatever, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm okay with that. I, I like that she is going out more and you know, when our hockey team was doing good, she went to the red lot downtown. Mm. She hung out by the police. I mean, <laughs> we know she's a responsible girl. And I think she is a girl who does like being home and hanging out here. So I'm not too worried that we'll never see her again. Do you think that we are too quick to allow all that freedom when it presents itself because we want her to be out so much. We want her to be more social. Maybe. But I want her to make the choices too. Like I think giving her a little bit more freedom to make those choices of whether to not go or not go or, you know, like some of her friends weren't allowed to go to the red lot. And that was a big disappointment for them. Kind of outcast with the rest of the kids. Not that that's anything that's important to me. I mean, if it was really something I was concerned about, I obviously I'd put my foot down and draw some lines, but I don't know. I'm not sure where, if I'm, I feel like I'm going in circles. No. And it's, it's a very open-ended question. Like it really comes down to, we're about to have not a kid anymore. We're about to have someone that's very close to being their own adult. Right. And are we, do you feel that we are mentally prepared to allow that freedom to start 
Do you think we're going to try and hold on to it too much? Do you think we're going to try and be the cool parents and it's all good and we give way too much freedom? Like it's just because I've seen both, right? Like I've seen growing up, I I saw I had friends that no, your your weekends are with family. Yeah. Like you do your job and you come back and we go to the cabin or we go to there and blah, blah. and I've had friends that never spend time with their family. I do want to implement and I've tried, but you know, Sunday dinner kind of thing, you know, like I do like that right now. I'm not too worried. I worry more way into the future where she's busy with her career, busy with her own family, busy and will be forgotten. That's my fear. Right. I'm not worried now. I'll be good with her kids though. So I'll be, I'll be invited over a lot. I won't be forgotten because I'll be the fun grandparent. Yeah. That's where my fears lie. Right now, I think we're doing a good job. I, I worry more for our younger one. I think she'll be. I think just because Maya is so responsible and I know she's going to make good choices and she's not going to be running the streets late at night. Like she she has a social meter and just a a good threshold like no i want to go to bed now or no i'm done i want to go home now and i think number two is more of a law abider than we give her credit for true hers though comes more from a fear of getting in trouble than from a desire to not interact with people but she's also got the screw you if we upset her or if we she's law abiding but i think she'll be fine she'll be upset she won't necessarily like it internally. It'll be a struggle for her, but she will stick it to us. Even if she's scared or uncomfortable with that decision, she still will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not worried. Not at this age. It's more older. So then to make it more broad and not just about us. For parents that are in similar situations how do you think you how do you think the parents need to set it up with their kids so that both are able to make the right decisions well having conversations early is important you know and 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 thinking about this is why values we talked about your values that was our very first episode right yeah i killed it um so knowing your values and and there's different cultural expectations there's different religious expectations there's different whatever those are parents need to figure that out for us we are pretty easygoing we don't have a lot we've never talked about curfew it's never been a thing that we've ever had to with children to leave the house for curfew we've never yeah exactly we've never had to worry about tattoos and piercings and you know all of these kinds of things but i i say if they're, it's just good. I often get families to create a chart. And I think I've talked about this Mm -hmm. before, you know, between ages five to eight, these are the things you can have access to this much screen time and, you know, whatever, these are the rules. We'll start talking about dating for some, maybe it's 12 for others. It might be 16. This is when we're going to start the conversation start the conversation around piercings or whatever it is. I think the earlier you have those conversations, the better, but maybe something comes up and now maybe Maya comes home at three o'clock in the morning at 15. Okay. Now we're going to have to talk about curfews and what do you think is appropriate? So it all comes down at this age. It's really hard to claw back control. They've already had. 
So it's best to give a little bit at a time. If you are a parent who has firm boundaries around dating and work expectations or curfews and bedtimes, know what that is and give a little bit out. It's so much harder to take it back if they've already had it. Um, And so then when you it's not about dictating rules either. It's about we're going to talk as a family. This is really important for us. Sunday dinners is really important for us as a family. Maybe it's Sunday brunch. Maybe it's Saturday dinner, but just some time on the weekend getting together, you know, and having mm-hmm. that conversation. How do we find time for that? How are we going to make it work? Or, you know, or about dating. Let's talk about this. Why is it important for you and this person? And what are our concerns? So I think having those family meetings now, maybe the family meetings are with your young kids about picking up their socks or picking up their Lego. But over time, you know, the, the topics become more complex. We used to have our family meetings every Sunday. Now we just call them as we need them. The girls are actually pretty good about calling them. But those topics will become more complex. And so having those regular family meetings is good anyways, weekly or monthly, then you can start bringing these things in. So that would be my advice. Start early, um, kind of think about what's important to you and just really learn how to collaborate with your your kids to make a plan about what those expectations are going to look like. Would you allow a boyfriend or girlfriend to attend your family meeting? Yeah. I think for me, sleepovers would be the big one. When do you allow a sleepover with a boyfriend? 30, 32. And it's funny because kids will lie. Hey, I'm going to go to Sally's house for a sleepover, right? When really they're going to Jimmy's house for a sleepover. So I, I think having that open, honest, well, let's talk about this. What's appropriate? Not just, no, you're never sleeping over yeah, yeah. because then they're going to like be like, screw you. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to lie. Anyway, they're going to do it anyways. Right. So having, Kate, hey, let's lay it all out. I can see why this is important for you. These are all of our concerns. What do you think about our concerns? Do you think what's valid here? Right. Um, and then and kind of moving forward that way. Because they want, developmentally, they want more autonomy, right? That's just a normal, from the minute they're two, they have this counter will and it just grows stronger and they're developing into adult bodies. They're reaching adult age. They're feeling like they're adults and they want that autonomy. So we can't start becoming dictators. We really do need to be it's a collaborative partnership. Yeah. That we're working. That totally scared me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I am just getting really tired now, but that's, that's our job, right. To be there to support, but knowing what our red lines are, you know, drugs, red line. Absolutely not. Like I'm going to put my foot down when it comes to that, but any drugs. Yeah. At this age. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I can't argue that. I was going to make a joke, but I can't really argue that. Fortunately, she's terrified out of her mind. I, I started that nugget very, very young. And so she's at the point. And she's, she's never going to touch a drug that involves a needle. It's so we're good there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know marijuana comes in needle form? Watch out. Yeah, she's too scared of drugs. Yeah, no, I like the idea of, for me, I mean, all kidding aside, I want them to pick partners that they want to spend time 
with, but they also want us to spend time with as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I would like to think that they pick partners that aren't idiots, right? Like aren't so contrary to the type of unit that we are that they just never integrate. Right. Because that's not fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I see it the same. I see it as our job being to, yeah, I mean, have those conversations, but just set a place where they don't feel that there's a friction to the introduction of the new person or job or whatever it ends up being. Because mm-hmm. that to me is it's no fun. Anyway, it's like, would I want them to be with us for the rest of their lives and never leave the nest sure to a certain degree right but i would also much prefer if we added people to that yeah right as opposed to them feeling they've got to go off and create their own completely right and cut us off so yeah on the emotional side of things i'm not too worried i mean researchers show that empty nesters are happiest in their marriage it plummets <laughs> Once you start having kids and it just worsens, deteriorates through teenage. But as soon as they leave, like that's the happiest couples are in their marriage. So oh, yeah. of course I don't want them to go. Of course it'll be sad. There'll be grieving process. But for me, the biggest thing will be maintaining the constant connection. You know, yeah. that for me is the ultimate goal. So we can still be a, an important part of their lives. They still want to call us. And debrief, like, hey, I got a promotion, or hey, I got fired, whatever it is. They still want to come and talk to us. Hey, I got a tattoo. Whatever it is. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Okay, that was my question. Cool. Yeah, I think I got to wrap this up. It's really hot. I feel like I'm going to pass. Because this podcast is fire. Or it's because it's 32 degrees out. Something. Yeah. All right. Good evening. Good Good day. Good day. Take care. Keep your stick in the ass. All right. Yeah, you got nothing. Nothing.